Now, the Three Martini Lunch with Greg Columbus and Jim Garrity. And welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch, along with Jim Garrity of National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. We have good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives today. All of it brought to you once again by our new sponsor, NetSuite by Oracle. You can get the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, and you can learn much more about their services at netsuite.com slash martini. Much more on that in just a moment. Jim, we love good martinis. We love it when conservative ideas win. We also love it when Democrats are fighting with each other, and we get both in this one. Uh, the Kennedys are at each other's throats uh, over the issue of vaccines. Credit to Kathleen Kennedy Townsend. We don't say that too often. The former Democratic Lieutenant Governor of Maryland and Joseph Kennedy II, uh, the former congressman from Massachusetts. They and uh, one of their nieces wrote in Politico uh, targeting the organizations and the individuals discouraging people from getting vaccines, particularly in, in recent days, measles. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr., their brother, is in the crosshairs here. The World Health Organization, they write, reports a 300 percent increase in the numbers of measles cases around the world this year compared with the first three months of 2018, more than 110,000 people are now dying from measles every year. The WHO, the health arm of the United Nations, has listed vaccine hesitancy as one of the top 10 threats to global health in 2019. Most cases of preventable diseases occur among unvaccinated children because parents have chosen not to vaccinate, have delayed vaccination, have difficulty accessing vaccines, or the children were too young to receive the vaccines. These tragic numbers are caused by the growing fear and mistrust of vaccines amplified by Internet doomsayers. Robert F. Kennedy... Joe and Kathleen's brother and Mob's uncle is part of the campaign to attack the institutions committed to reducing the tragedy of preventable infectious diseases. He has helped to spread dangerous misinformation over social media and is complicit in sowing distrust of the science behind vaccines. We love Bobby. He's one of the great champions of the environment. His work to clean up the Hudson and his tireless advocacy against multinational organizations who have polluted our waterways and endangered families has positively affected the lives of countless Americans. We stand behind him in his ongoing fight to protect our environment. However, on vaccines, he is wrong. And his and others' work against vaccines is having heartbreaking consequences. So, Jim... What do you make of the Kennedys going public here that this is a big problem and even our own brother is part of it? You know, Greg, few things are driving me more bonkers lately than uh, anti-vaxxers and the vaccination movement. You see the news about the spread about measles. There's this perception that it's, uh, oh, these crazy right-wingers. And there are some groups uh, that we would classify as conservative or right of center that fit this category. Uh, among them, you know, there, there's a group of Orthodox up in New York City who've decided that they don't want to uh, get vaccinations, which is causing one of the measles outbreaks up there. Yeah, you can find folks uh, who in the middle in heartland America who buy into conspiracy theories and stuff. But there's also a whole bunch of the California New Age crystal wearers types uh, that are very much buy into these theories. And look, it's not like Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey are two noted arch right-wing figures. And, you know, I, somebody made the argument that Jenny McCarthy may rank as among the 10 most horrible people in the world in human history. And it's not just because of her acting. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly because she's probably done more than any other celebrity to get people to buy into this idea. Oh, God, if I get my kids vaccinated, they might get autism. For anyone listening, 
no, there is no evidence evidence of getting your kids vaccinated will cause autism. If you have any real worries or concerns, talk to your doctor. The overwhelming majority, 99.9999999, insert as many nines as you feel, non-quack doctors will say, no, get your kids vaccinated. It's gonna, they need it, this is important. And so this, I, I believe over the years, you've seen various folks generally on the right point out that, hey, you know, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I think starting back in 2005, he started saying, oh, you know, there's a conspiracy about thimerosal, pardon my uh, my lack in my infamiliarity with medical terms, mercury preserves preservative. Now, he'd been removed from every childhood vaccination except for some variations of the flu by 2001. He completely ignored all the studies on this. He completely ignored all the data on this, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. You know, and, but he, he got people freaked out about this. And, you know, when you point out, hey, a member of the Kennedy family is doing something... Uh, morally objectionable it shouldn't be that shocking anymore <laughs> but up until fairly recently there was kind of this attitude of you know you just didn't acknowledge it you just kind of averted your eyes you just kind of pretended you didn't see it um you know and it's much more fun to blame alex jones or or donald trump or or somebody else for being anti-vaxxer even though there are prominent figures so look it is not easy to fight with your family so i, I really credit to the uh it would be so much easier for these Kennedy family members to just kind of pretend they don't see it, pretend they didn't hear it, ignore it. Uh, it's not like the media is going to do a lot of, you know, in-depth, hard-hitting, you know, uh, you know, full. It's not like the New York Times editorial page is going to do a lengthy denunciation of uh, of Kennedy like this. So again, so credit to them. Um, and again, hopefully, this kind of you know, the, the sheer, you know, surprise of a you know Kennedy family fight will make people recognize. Wow. Um, people sit up and take notice, and hopefully this will encourage more people to get their kids vaccinated. That's quite an indictment of the media that you're more likely to get criticized by your own family in public than the media, who will go after Michelle Bachman and President Trump when he dabbled in this stuff, and rightly so. But you're right. When it comes to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he gets a pass because he's an environmentalist, so we can't sully his reputation. But uh, as you said... Maybe it's a long-term climate change proposal to have lots of people (laughs) die of preventable diseases... And thus the carbon emissions go down, Greg. It's an alternative Malthusian approach that I hadn't really thought of before, Jim. Maybe he's just playing three-dimensional chess and the rest of us are just trying to keep our kids from getting infectious diseases. So, amazing. You know, I, I may not be Thanos, but I'm getting there. <laughs> so, know your data when it comes to infectious diseases and whether or not your kids are going to get the measles or whether they're really going to have problems if they get the vaccines. That data is pretty well established. And also, if you don't know your numbers... You don't know your business, but the problem that growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is their hodgepodge of business systems. A lot of people have one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess that takes up too much time and too many resources, and that's going to hurt the bottom line. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform giving you the visibility and control that you need to grow. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting. Orders and human resources all instantly right from your desktop or phone. That's what makes NetSuite the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash martini. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash martini to download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. 
netsuite.com slash martini. All right, Jim, on to our bad martini now. And this stems from yesterday's activities inside the House Judiciary Committee, which shockingly along party lines voted to hold Attorney General Bill Barr in contempt for a couple of different reasons. Here is uh, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler, who just, you know, gosh darn it, I really didn't want to have to do this, guys, but I had no choice. Here's his, part of his explanation. Having proved himself to be the personal attorney to President Trump rather than the Attorney General of the United States by misleading the uh, public as to the contents of the Mueller report twice, by not being truthful with Congress, uh, has shown himself to be uh, the personal attorney of the United States rather than the Attorney General. And of course, because he's not given to hyperbole at all, Jerry Nadler says we're now at this point. We are now in a constitutional crisis. Um, Benjamin Franklin in 1787 was asked when he exited the Constitutional Convention, what type of uh, government have you given us, sir? And he sa- by a woman who asked him the question, he said, a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. Now is the time of testing whether we can keep a republic or whether this republic is destined to uh, change into a different, more tyrannical form of government as other republics have over the, over the centuries. Lighten up, Francis. All right, here's the situation, Jim. <laughs> what has he misled people about? Mueller said no charges on collusion, and he left an open question on obstruction, which Barr and Rosenstein agreed on here. And he's pretty much handed over about as much as he can hand over. So what's really happening? You know, Greg, we, we hear the term constitutional crisis quite a bit on, on cable news and all that stuff. And, you know, having not actually lived through a constitutional crisis, I suppose you could argue that Watergate comes closest. I kind of figure to be more dramatic than this. Right now, constitutional, the, sorry, the constitutional crisis sound, looks an awful lot like two branches of government disagreeing about where their powers limit and where the lines are. And um, traditionally, when they do this, don't they hash it down? You know, one side files a lawsuit, they file it in court, they file all the way up through the federal judiciary, and eventually the Supreme Court weighs in. And you think about it, isn't that how the whole system's supposed to work? <laughs> And if it is, is that really a constitutional, I mean, I, you know, constitutional crisis. I figured there'd be fireworks, Greg. I figured there'd be something dramatic. It would be one of those, you know, red skies and, you know, in, in movies, there's all these giant lights in the sky. Constitu- the earth would be shaking. The statues of Jefferson and Lincoln would rise up out of their memorials and battle on the mall like Voltron. You know, something <laughs> big and huge would happen in a constitutional Right now, it just sounds like Barr and, and Nadler griping at each other. <laughs> um, now, first of all, as, you, as you mentioned, they got the whole report. Barr said, you can look at everything. The stuff that's redacted, I went over it with Mueller. It's in relation to other court cases. That's why we can't put this out there. We don't want to louse up the prosecution of other people. Barr, as I can tell, everybody, like, it's, it's not like he's making any of this stuff up. Um, and the other kind of fascinating wrinkle of all this, the constitutional crisis, you know, every time I do it, my voice goes down one more octave. <laughs> yes. Um, is, you know, they asked, you know, so Nadler, so I mean, obviously, you know, in this constitutional crisis, in addition to, you know, sending out Deputy Samuel Gerard after, uh, after Barr to hunt him down from every outhouse, doghouse, and, and White House, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, you're going to impeach the president over this, right? And he's like, no, 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 we're, we're, no, that would be too. So wait, it's a constitutional crisis, but we're not going to impeach the president. That's too much. That's extreme. 
Talk about trying to have your cake and eat it too. I should point out, give credit where it's due. You look, you look at Nadler now, you look at his completely contrary opinion he had back during the Bill Clinton impeachment. To his credit, Jerry Nadler is eating a lot less cake than he used to. And speaking of Jerry Nadler, he's been on the Judiciary Committee for a long time. In fact, he was on the uh, Judiciary Committee during the Clinton impeachment era. Nice tweet from June of 2012. As I recall, this is June 28th, which is an infamous day in American history because that's the day that John Roberts rewrote Obamacare to keep it alive. But Elsewhere in Washington that day, uh, Jerry Nadler tweeted this, just joined the walkout of the House chamber to protest the shameful, politically motivated GOP vote holding A.G. Holder in contempt. That, of course, was uh, Eric Holder. The issue was the lack of cooperation and the invoking of executive privilege, mind you, surrounding the Obama administration and the fast and furious gun running scheme. But, of course, Eric Holder was this uh, strong, impartial, uh, never playing favorites uh, type of attorney general, right? Oh, wait. I'm happy. I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. There's still work to be done. Um, I gotta, I'm, still, you know, I'm still a president's wingman, so I'm there with my boy. Wow, Jim, it's amazing what a few years does here. Or a party change. Look, you know, fair is fair, Greg. I believe that uh, Barr should suffer the exact same consequences that Holder suffered from that, from that contempt of Congress. Which is really not that much. <laughs> My favorite part of the coverage that day was Brian Williams having to explain what Fast and Furious was as he gave the news about the contempt vote in the House because he had never covered the story before. Very revealing. So a lot of you are thinking this is over reviews for the movie series. <laughs> it turns out the Department of Justice and ATF were sending guns to drug dealers. Who would imagine that? You know, this is just coming to our attention now. Yes, there's been numerous hearings on this. We've just completely ignored it. All right, on to the crazy martini now, Jim. Let's go to NPR. There was actually a, an important vote in uh, the capital of Colorado Earlier this week, Denver voters narrowly approved a grassroots ballot initiative to decriminalize psilocybin mushrooms. Maybe it's psilocybin. You got to do that mercury compound. I get psilocybin. Commonly (laughs) referred to as psychedelic mushrooms. What appeared to be a failed effort on the evening of Tuesday's referendum made an unexpected comeback the following afternoon when Denver election officials released the final count. It showed a slim majority of 50.56% voted in favor of Ordinance 301. The action does not legalize psilocybin mushrooms, but it effectively bars the city from prosecuting or arresting adults 21 or older who possess them. In the ballot language, adults can even grow the fungus for personal use and be considered a low priority for Denver police. The changes could take effect as soon as next year. And according to NPR, what happened in Denver may be the start of a much larger movement which seeks safe access to psilocybin for its purported medicinal value. That sounds familiar. So, uh, Jim, what do you make of uh, Colorado, which is already, of course, very famous for being a mile high in a number of ways, uh, now going this route? Coloradans, you have a beautiful state. Both times I've been there, I've greatly enjoyed your hospitality. You've got beautiful scenery, friendly people. It seems like the economy's doing okay. Um, You're wonderful, wonderful folks. But I just have to ask you a, a tough question that I think you should repeat to yourself either right before you go to bed or maybe when you wake up in the morning and you're looking at yourself in the mirror. Aren't you relaxed enough already? <laughs> I mean, just, just how much more relaxed can you get? Because, you know, you've already up famously legalized marijuana and it seems to be uh, working okay for you. Actually, I had a really interesting 
conversation with a gentleman on a couple of National Review cruises ago uh, where I said, is there anything you learn from Colorado where it's a bad side? And he said, this guy was a straight shooter enough. And he said, yeah, you know, actually, um, they started marketing marijuana candies and it looked way too much like regular candy. And you had some cases of kids trying it. So they changed the packaging so it would not look like normal kids candy. I, mean, I was I appreciated that. Yeah, okay. I, I believing in the states being laboratories of democracy, I'm kind of free. I'm okay, fine. You guys want to try this? Go right ahead. Um, I, I do think that at some point you're chemically pleasured enough. <laughs> I do think at some point, you, you know, like they got a, like a ton of microbreweries out there. Everybody's now smoking their weed. At some, did you need the mushrooms too? At some point you're gilding the lily. Um, and let me just make one observation. You know, there are days I feel very libertarian. There are days I feel not so libertarian. If magic mushrooms are okay, can we please get wine without sulfites shipped over here from Europe? And can we please get the good soft cheese that the French have that apparently America thinks is going to kill people, even though I never hear about cheese massacres occurring over in France because they didn't let it sit for the appropriate 45 days or whatever it is for the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, requirements. So you, everyone's couple of years, somebody does this on the food black market. It's mostly you know operating in New York City and, and big shipping towns. But there are certain types of food, certain types of uncured meats, certain things that, you know, for whatever reason, the government has decided to protect us from our own appetites. There's apparently some small chance this might be bad for us. It might, uh, you know, not have the bacteria. It's not up to U.S. standards, even though in these other countries. And it's not like France is a backwater. <laughs> it's not like France doesn't know about good food. But for some reason, no, this is what the federal government, that old annoying saying, government is just another word for the things we choose to do together. Ugh. I don't know. I don't remember, you know, uh, I don't remember agreeing to ban soft brie. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Bring it on over here, guys. So if, Den if, if the Coloradans can get the magic mushrooms, I think the rest of the country should be able to get the really good soft cheese. Speaking of chemically enhanced, Jim, I'm going to go back to the uh, second paragraph of the story. What appeared to be a failed effort on the evening of Tuesday's referendum made an unexpected comeback the following afternoon when Denver election officials released the final count. So, Jim, what would delay people from being focused to get all the ballots counted? <laughs> You're saying they lost count or might have, you know. We need more Doritos and pizza in here, man. Really Hungry, getting some munchies. <laughs> it's not necessarily great for concentration, but hey, I guess there's no recount. So, you know, make Colorado caffeinated again. <laughs> I think you guys are relaxed enough. I think you need a little bit more of a pick me up uh, at some point, Colorado. We love you guys, but uh, everything in moderation, Denver. <laughs> On that note, Jim, we'll reconvene tomorrow. See you then. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity of National Review. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, and don't forget about our good new friends over at NetSuite. Uh, sign up there over at netsuite.com slash martini and get that free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. And tune in Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch.